Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 268, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am excited. I'm Chris Featherstone, of course. Follow us. On Twitter, at Crave Wrestling, Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Our weekly interview today is uh, by someone whose light is so bright that they used to call him Nova. Uh, now he is a uh, good old uh, money-making Mike Bucci. Uh, that is his new gimmick. Uh, but for those for those WWE fans... Uh, they know him as Simon Dean. How are you tonight, sir? Very good. I'm all the above. Nova, Simon Dean, Mike Bucci, Hollywood Nova. All the above. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just a few just a few things. Uh, when we had our interview scheduled for tonight, I was just really interested because you've done a lot uh, outside uh, within TV as well as far as just from a television standpoint, but a lot of people don't know. You've said this in previous interviews, uh, uh, candid interviews, but a lot of people know how much uh, a lot of people don't know how much backstage influence you've had as well. So we'll talk about a little bit of that as well. Uh, my first question to you, Mike, is um, so you know you 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 are instrumental for creating the Blue World Order, uh, one of the most uh, <clears throat> popular factions in all of ECW. Uh, we're taking over. Uh, just su- such an amazing, amazing faction. Of course, um, the Blue Ward Order, Blue Meanie, you and Stevie Richards uh, mocking the 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 uh, NWO, 
in a in a very fun and exciting and, and infectious way. Uh, so you were very very instrumental uh, in the heyday of WCW. WWD, WWE bought WCW and ECW, and they put their own version and stamp on it. Now, a lot of people feel a certain way about uh, WWE's version of ECW. Uh, most most are, are very uh, negative. What is your take as far as being, you know, instrumental in the the popularity of the original ECW? What's your what's your take on WWE's version? Mm-hmm. It was was shot with the other shows. It had nothing to do with ECW. Mm-hmm. They brought around some of the older ECW guys and put them out there and moved them and watered them down. Uh, I honestly think they thought they could just they bought it for the library, mm-hmm. the library for it. But right. When they had it, they literally just stuck it out there. They didn't really know what to do with it. Told Tommy he could run with it, which obviously didn't get a chance to. Uh, and they never knew what they had, and I, I, they didn't understand it. Same thing they did when they brought back the NWO. They tried to in Germany, yeah. and they collapsed that and killed it. And then when they, the first time they brought Goldberg back, but they brought Goldberg early, they brought that out, and they kind of screwed up and killed it. Mm-hmm. So many times in the past, if they had a chance to bring the Four Horsemen into WWE, they would have brought that out and, and screwed that up too. Yeah. There's a lot of things that they create that when they bring it in and they kind of rebrand it or try to redo it again, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. And, and it ruins it. And uh, ECW is a perfect example of that. It should have been NXT <laughs> is exactly what ECW should have been. Mm. Think about it. NXT, so if I say to you, hey, Chris, I'm going to start a, a new company and we're going to run kind of intimate setting on a show. It's going to be kind of underground-ish. We're going to take different body types and different fighting styles from around the world. We're going to put these guys in competitive matches. It's not super storyline driven. Wins and losses matter. The championships matter. Crowds are going to be hit. They're going to be on a chance. They're going to know everything. They're going to feel organic with the, the emotion that they feel towards the performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what NXT does. That wholesale university when they do the shows. That's exactly what ECW was. Yeah, yeah. Basically, launched ECW. They killed it, destroyed it, threw it away, and then two or three years later, hey, look at this. Now we're going to redo the whole developmental system. Which when I ran developmental, all I got was, hey, here's Florida. Here's a OVW. This is what we got. There was no. And then once they modified all that, and then Hunter took it over, what he's done with it has been amazing. Mm-hmm. So NXT is literally what AEW should have been. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and basically... So who who ran? I know Paul Heyman had a lot to do. I mean, you mentioned Dreamer. I know Paul Heyman had a, a big influence on it. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of people know the the big divide between Vince and Paul Heyman was uh, during the December to December pay per view. That was uh, the lowest watched pay per view in WWE history. Um, and I mean, what what really went went awry? Because they had, I mean, it, it was just a, a thrown together pay per view. They did the extreme elimination chamber, but it just wasn't. People just wasn't buying into it. Now you said that Triple H had a lot. You know, is is doing a fantastic job with NXT, and I agree. Do you think that someone like Triple H being NXT is what call, what's causing NXT to soar, or is this a matter of WWE? Uh, not allowing people like Dreamer, people like Heyman, uh, and other ECW figures 
to really be creative like Triple H is. 100%. We just didn't get a chance to do it. Mm-hmm. There were a ton of guys that were hired over the last several years that I wanted to hire seven, eight years ago. Hmm. Green were wanted to hire. Dr. Tom wanted to hire. We wanted to get all these guys. And we couldn't. You know, you, we were literally told, hey, this is, if someone's not over 5%, don't send the TV. If someone's not this, if someone's not that. Like, there was a parameter set. So then they basically, Hunter runs NXT, and then they have a, a brain trust time to get together. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, look at what's out there. Let, instead of getting a bunch of guys who maybe don't have the heart and passion for this and starting to be trash, let's take those some guys who get on the Indies, your Joes, Bobby Roode, Kevin Steele, all these guys, let's throw them down there. If nothing else, they can work with all these other guys and get them better. Yeah. If you throw something in the wall that sticks, they'll be it. Yeah. If, there is no ever I would be able to sell sending Finn Balor to TV. When I ran developmental. Mm-hmm. If I sent them there, they would have said he's too short. We don't want to see him. They wouldn't even get him a chance. And yeah. You know, I could be wrong. That, that's just kind of talented. <laughs> but it just to show you <laughs> a lot of times are changing. I'm not saying it was bad, but it's how it is now. Yeah. It's a different problem. It's a different set of rules. You know, but obviously it's worked for them. They created a niche product that people love, and it's over. So, you know, it's, 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 but it's different. It's not. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Another smaller. <coughs> Alexa Bliss. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, just one. <laughs> yeah. Just one hit. Just Alexa Bliss pulled out a Singapore game. Just one hit on Bailey and the, you know, whole Jersey crowd chants ECW. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah you're, 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 you're right. <laughs> right. Right, right. Yeah. 
Very, very true. Uh, another smaller guy um, was AJ Styles. Uh, it was, still is AJ Styles, and and he's definitely been uh, acquired by the WWE and has uh, has definitely just blossomed uh, in his just one year's time in WWE, almost a year and a half at this point. Um, is AJ Styles one of the guys that you wanted to recruit? Because there's been stories that, of course, we saw that match with him and Hurricane, and then there was some things that uh, there was they tried to recruit him, but you know there's reports that saying that he. So did he? So did he actually deny it because he wants to stay with his family because they want to bring him to Cincinnati? Is that is that valid? Couple more things. Uh, you mentioned some backstage roles that you uh, end up acquiring. Uh, you, you know, ran OVW. You, you were, you know, in the uh, the talent uh, process. Um, how was it uh, having those backstage roles as opposed to uh, being on t- television? Broken, beaten 
enough drug addicts. Yeah. Which everybody thinks all of us are like Randy Durant. Uh, you know, I take a lot of pride in what I accomplished post-wrestling than even more so than I was in it. Yeah. I think that, you know, you're challenging yourself as a performer. So I was always interested in more. Like, whatever's behind the curtain, I'm going to go look. Mm-hmm. So whether it was helping run workouts before the show in ECW or being the guy in the ring before Raw and SmackDown to work out the new guys, I always try to help the locals. You'll never hear a story ever, ever, of me being rude or not cool to basically any worker I ever met. Mm-hmm. Whoever came around looking for a job, an extra, whatever. Only guys who I ever had quote-unquote deal with in business usually were a-holes to everybody else. And nobody else liked them either. Mm-hmm. There's only a few of them. So, but for the most part, I try to be cool with everybody because I had to remind myself, at the end of the day, this is a fake sport run by Mark. And we get thrown in the ropes and bounce off. Like, this isn't real. Yeah. So, sport's real, but the business part of it. I, I love the sport of it. I grew to hate the business part of it. Hmm. And uh, that was the thing behind the scenes, too. So many broken promises and just being lied, toyed with, with nothing mattering. And just on the turn of a dime, you just watch, like, somebody's whole career and what they worked for just get thrown down the toilet. Yeah. Like, the writer couldn't find a role for them or something stupid. And I had to sit around and be like, this is insane. And, uh... I love my time in it. My time in the wrestling world has been over for a long time, uh, many years now. I, I pretty much do a couple appearances a year, a couple shows here and there for promoters that I like. Uh, people I get along with. It's a couple hours drive from the house. But, you know, I'm so busy in the real world. I don't, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I had a booking call. Some guy contacted me for a booking in June. Funny story. And uh, I said, okay, it's going to be me, 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 and somebody else. So I said, okay. So I gave it so I said, okay, we'll do it. So then, like, couple of about a week goes by, and I see on the poster that this show come up, and they mean his name ain't on it. And this other person's name is on it, and he's asked my contract to go, what's going on? Oh, you know, we had to switch the card around, brother. I'm like, well, I already committed to this. What are you talking about? Right. So he's like, man, so we went back and forth a little bit. He's like, well, if you really need to book it, I said, look, I, I, said, I was like, look, brother, I make six figures a year in the real world. I'm good. I don't ever need another wrestling book again in my life. But... It was another stark reminder of just how much I dislike 99% of independent wrestling or just nonsense or just, you know, we all just saw the firestorm that happened this week when a simple tweet went out and everybody and their grandmother was up in arms about what Randy said, what Rip said, and this guy said, and but indie wrestling can be so dramatic and just so sleazy sometimes to suck. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you that you brought that up because I was I was just about to go there as far as just the 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 tweets that came out. Rip Rogers, you know he's he he is uh, very old school. I love I love the traditional feel and old school feel of wrestling. He's a very old school wrestling type of guy. He sends out a tweet and then. Right. Randy Orton gets involved, Bully Ray gets involved, Real Osprey gets involved, Ricochet gets involved, yeah, CM Punk uh, even uh, made a reference. Uh, so there was so much going on, like you said, a firestorm. What is your overall take on on just from Rip's point of view and, and Will Osprey and Ricochet's point of view and, and just, just as far as just the, the two sides of the spectrum when it comes to indie wrestling. For those who are listening right now, the the very short version of it is uh, basically Rip Rogers tweeted basically the, the logistics of an indie show was handshakes, flips, not selling, and, and by the end of the show, 
this is awesome chance and, and more handshakes and, and, and just basically just rips apart just the uh the essence of of professional wrestling from a character driven standpoint. Of course Will Osprey and Ricochet, two people uh who uh, are are very known for their indie work. Um, you know, Ricochet did, did Ricochet did it in a, in a much softer. We'll talk about this later in the show. R- Ricochet did it in a much softer way as far as he loves wrestling, and then Osprey kind of bragged about you know the money that he makes and things like that. So those are the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Where do you fall in that? Mm-hmm. As the guy who was coming up with all these cool stuff, and I was ahead of my time. I mean, you'd be surprised how many guys today in today's wrestling who you guys would consider the top WWE name, the indie colleagues, who have met me or reached out or sent me a message or something and told me I was their favorite guy in ECW, that I was their favorite guy to watch. So I took a lot of pride in that. Mm-hmm. But I also was a guy who was a character-driven guy at Simon D and WWE who wrestled a way more conventional style. Uh, what I would tell the guys is, look, do what works for you that you thoroughly enjoy doing until somebody who's signing your check tells you not to do that anymore and now you got to do it yourself. So, you want to side side. Don't jump on somebody, jump on somebody. Go do all the stuff you guys got to do. Get it out of your system. But the drawback, you're not doing this 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. You're lucky to do it five years your body cannot sustain it. It can't sustain the level of flexibility, the endurance, the muscle mass needed. You can't do it. You're not doing that until you're 30. So get out of your system, be full of piss and vinegar, knock yourselves out, take all these amazing bumps, uh, protect each other in the ring. I mean, I was at Disney with Disney for almost 25 years, and I never heard anybody. And I did some stuff that could be some pretty, pretty risque stuff, pretty wacky. And with the advent now of all this incredible stuff, and all this like strong style stuff. Every time I turn around, I hear about another worker whose like career is cut short or he got retired or something happened because something's totally avoidable. Mm-hmm. And I see everybody's point of view on it. I'm a Rip guy. I'm a Randy guy. I'm a Bubba guy. I'm all these. I like all, I'm all these guys. But my biggest, my only issue I have with it, I was watching a lot of people chime in on it who were burying Randy or were burying Rip or maybe varying, but whatever it is, but I'm saying to myself, I ultimately truly respect, I, 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 I listen to everybody's opinion. I respect the opinion of people who have earned the right to have that opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but just because I went to medical school, if I went to medical school for six months and I get out, I can't go into John Hopkins University and tell, you know, Fifth-year residents there had to do brain surgery. Well, this is how you should really do it. Mm-hmm. This is how I was doing. So, Randy's been a top guy for 15 years, and Rip Rogers trained a lot of the great guys in the business today. So, I mean, these guys who are coming out pro or con, when they speak, you want to listen. And I'm seeing a bunch of guys who are literally—I don't even know who they are—and I, I keep my ear to the grindstone. I have no idea who half these guys are. That I saw chiming in on stuff. I respect Loki's position on it. I respect Bubba's, a lot of these guys. Anybody who's really done anything of merit and has earned an opinion, I respect that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other ones, I'm like, huh? I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ultimately it comes down to what you want to do. Make your money, make your friends, 
be safe, have a good time with it, but you also have to learn how to drive. Yeah. Because if I went to WV8 and only wanted to do all my Nova stuff there and wasn't adapted to learning how to wrestle a better style and pump, I will say this. When I watch a lot of independent wrestling on YouTube or some of the guys sending clips or some of the smaller wrestling companies, you know, syndicated shows on TV, when I watch those matches, Chris, I honestly cannot tell you what the first match is or what the main event is. And fundamentally, there's an issue with that. Absolutely. The first match of the night is going out there, and there is a pattern in a lot of matches today because the boys see it, and they think that the crowd's clapping for it, the promoters are booking it, so then they have to go kind of do the same thing if they want to get clapped and they want to get booked. So that's what these guys do. But there is definitely a repetitious pattern of how a lot of these matches go. It's like, you know, put this take down here, insert dive here, do this, do this. I think you brought a really good point uh, as far as just the shorter matches, uh, a 16-minute match, uh, match versus a much simpler six-minute match to be much more memorable. Someone who I just highly respect in the business is Jim Ross, and I had, I had the opportunity to go to a Q&A se uh, session with him uh, and, and ask a question. A couple questions, and uh, you know, one of the things that he highly emphasizes all the time is just the, the 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 product just needs to be shorter. You know, there's so much more memorable 
uh, opportunities when stuff is just shorter. And, I, and stuff just goes on so long nowadays that it just takes really the memorable factor away from something. If it's just too long and people just get not interested. Yeah, it's true. Up to me, get all the gear on it. Hey man, what's going on? He goes, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, and I really, 
He goes, yeah, I got to work tomorrow. I go, tomorrow morning. He goes, yeah. I go, tomorrow morning, like a.m., like when the sun sets? He goes, yeah. I go, what time? He goes, I don't know, 8 o'clock or something. I try to get up really early tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm looking at my watch. And I look at him like, what? And just one of those things that's just so mind-boggling. Wow. Like, young generation of wrestlers. Yeah, that uh, is such <laughs> very, very interesting information to share. And I've I've heard many of those uh, things before. And, I, you know, it's it's great that you confirmed that because I have a lot of friends in the business in WWE, TNA, or Impact Wrestling now, NROH, um, that has shared stories. And I have a lot of people, actually a good friend of mine um, has his own indie show that's an NWA legend. Uh, and yeah, I, I've heard many, many things like that. And it's, you know, someone who's actually been at shows like yourself and actually saw those instances, instances is, it's mind boggling, like you said. So where can the listeners, uh, find, uh, I like to call you big money, Mike now, because you're past wrestling, you're in banking, you, you know, you know, you're in finance and you're big money, Mike Bucci now. That's the best gimmick you've ever had. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, get, get out of the business full time. I do banking. I run a couple branches of bank here in Louisville, Kentucky. Finance, investment. I dabble in a lot of cool different things. It's always been interesting to me. Uh, if you don't have a plan for post play wrestling, there's only a few guys who are ever going to make money by just being themselves after they're done anyway. Mm-hmm. The rest of you guys, I hate to break it to you, you're going to have to find something else to do. Because if you think you're going to slub around for the next 10 or 15 years, making money off your quote-unquote TV name, I got news for you. Ain't going to happen. Nope. There's a select few that can do it. The Hardys still make money off their name. Hurricane's still out there. A couple other guys, but for the majority of them, they're not. Once they get released from WWE, within two years, they're not even making a third of what they were making when they got released, and no one really cares about them anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard reality of today's business. So for me, they should hit me up on Facebook. Uh, Mike Gucci is my real name. Uh, I don't do Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, any of that stuff. That's not my thing. I don't do low-key dude hands. Like, that's why this is great. You asked me several times to do this, I think, in the past, and we could never connect, but due to your persistence, uh, I said, okay, let's do this. But I really don't do a lot of these anymore. I talk to some of the guys from one or two other websites, really, just to shoot the breeze because they're my friends in real life. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, I hate to say it, I just don't care anymore, Chris. I, I wouldn't care if pro wrestling ever ran another show again. It sucks for some of my friends who lose their jobs, but... Wrestling hasn't put real money in my pocket in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I, I worry about 19 other things every single day. First of all, my 7-year-old daughter. And then after that, I worry about everything else. And wrestling's not even... I worry about what moves my Dallas Cowboys are making in this offseason. Oh, the Cowboys. Oh. Okay. 
I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very sound advice, Mike. Uh, Mike Bucci, uh, Simon Dean, Nova, BWO. It's been a pleasure, sir. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. Have a good night. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Goodbye. Mike Bucci, Simon Dean, Nova. He's uh, he's in financing now. He's been in banking and financing for a while. He said he makes six figures a year. So... I like to call him Big Money Mike Bucci. So if he ever if he ever decides to uh, come back to professional wrestling, uh, that is going to be his name. I have coined it, and uh, there's nothing he can do about it. He, he's Big Money Mike Bucci. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into the show. Go home show of Backlash, of course, Follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter, Facebook at Crave Wrestling. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in the co-host with the most. None other under the Matt Radio, Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? You doing good? How you feeling, man? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm ready to talk some professional wrestling. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm sorry, sports and sports entertainment. So, oh, so some professional you know, sports you entertainment. Call, call yeah, it's at the Bowl. <laughs> yeah. no, it's not Camping World Stadium. It's not wrestling. It's prof- it's sports entertainment at the Citrus Bowl. That's, that's the PC way to say it, according to WWE. But uh, according to the Pancakes of Power Slam, so it's wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the headlines. Here we go. <laughs> Cole, baby, is he going to NXT TakeOver Chicago, which is this Saturday night headline by Hideo Tommy trying to get the NXT championship from Bobby Roode. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, he was kicked out of the Bullet Club last weekend at the, at the World, War of the Worlds pay-per-view. Yep. Uh, Kenny Omega went on the... <clears throat> On the screen, with well, the, the well, they did kind of like a curtain call with the Young Bucks. Kenny, they the lights go out. Kenny Omega goes on the screen, cuts an interview. Actually, transcribed the interview um, on D- Daily DDT. I wrote an article about it. Uh, well, the promo rather. I transcribed uh, his uh, his promo. If you want to check out what he said, um, and he basically said, you know, in a fairy tale. There's a hero, there's a villain, Marty Scrolls next to him, and then they go lights out again. Marty Skull Marty Skull Skrull is uh in the ring, pulls out a umbrella bullet club logo. Super gag by the young bucks. And <laughs> Adam Cole Baby is out of the bullet club but uh, but at the same time, you know, there's been tapings. Um, one of the tapings, he went against 
Marty Skull in a dark match that uh, is on the video on demand. Uh, however, um, he was in. He was on one taping as far as the television, I believe, and uh, no longer, he wasn't in any of the weeks following that. But he did just enter um, uh, the the big ICW tournament that uh, goes on every year. Uh, however, uh, so did Drew Galloway. Um, before you know, after he had some dates. I mean, the Hardy Boys as well. Uh, they had some dates after um, they joined the WWE. So this could be going. This would be the same for Adam Cole. I mean, there's a chance that we may see him uh, come uh, Saturday. Right now, there's only really four matches being uh, promoted. You have. Yeah, of course, like I said, the NXT championship match between uh, Shinsuke uh, no, Hideo Tommy and Bobby Roode. You have a tag team match between the Authors of, uh, Authors of Pain and DIY, the latter match. You have the UK championship between uh, uh, Pete Dunne and Tyler uh, Bate. And you have the women's championship, uh, Asuka, Ruby Red, and um, Nikki Cross. So... Really, four hour, right? You know, usually, yeah. usually about two and well, a half can... hours. But what they they promote the the takeover events usually two and a half to three hours or so. So four matches uh, and yeah, all that is... time. So I'm sure there's going to be some surprises. Yeah, I mean, you look at how things are broken down. Adam Cole gets kicked out the Bullet Club. Marty scrolls in it. And, you know, it's been rumored since the beginning of the year of Adam Cole going to WWE. I do know that uh, he has been at the Performance Center a few times. So, this is the writing on the wall. I mean, we could see just like, to your credit, whether you were the last one to get an official interview with um, Jim Galloway. And next thing you know, he downloads the yeah. NFT. So, true. now you got Adam Cole. You know he gets out the Bullet Club, out the Bleed, and it's it's just a, we've been in, we've been watching wrestling for I don't know how long since the '80s. We've been covering this for four or five plus years. We know how things work, and, and I expect to see maybe Adam Cole do a surprise show up mm-hmm. in NXT Chicago. Even if he doesn't watch it, he show up. Maybe he'll be sitting ringside with you Galloway, or maybe he could just come out. Uh, maybe like Chris Hill did. So what do you think? This is inevitable. I mean. What else is Adam Cole going to do on RH? You know, he's been champ. He's done everything. He's in Russell. This is about everywhere. So um, why not go to NXT? And WWE really could use that. Um, yeah. They really could use that, that new star power. Uh, now I guess you would say uh, second or third generation uh, run of NXT. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's even said in interviews before that he, you know, he wants to go to NXT first. You know, he, he was never... Um, he 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 didn't make it clear where he was going to go, but he said that if he did go to WWE, he would go to NXT because he just likes to feel, which makes sense too. I mean, uh, there's he would be more of a star in NXT than you know the WWE, you know, uh, as far as the main roster is concerned. So, you know, I I think it'd be a really really good idea, man. Um, I think uh, there's they they they'll probably bring him in as a heel because right now you have like Hideo Tommy, you have Roderick Strong, you have Chris Hero, 
So you're so they're pretty decent on the babyface side. Uh, I think Adam Cole. You know, if, if the only thing about people like Adam Cole is this, I despise uh, like the super cool heels that get cheered anyway. You know, and it's like. Right. Either exactly. <laughs> either do something like it's it, it becomes a bigger challenge for him, but he has to you know if he's booked as a heel, that's the challenge for him because he's like he he has to, he has to challenge him, himself to say, okay, if I'm booked as a heel, I'm gonna have to try to tweak you know my uh, character for people to actually boo me. You know, and with right. that's, that's the thing. That's one I, I, I love sad. ROH, but that's one of the biggest criticisms that you know people who casually watch ROH. You know, they say that there's not a lot of storylines. You know, I mean, they're, they're storylines, but their their characters aren't really um, uh, distinguished. The storylines of wrestlers. Yeah. It doesn't have the big over the top characters with like right. WWE does. It's not character driven. Um, uh, you know, for WWE, for like Alicia Underground, all these is more so old right. school wrestling, wrestling with storylines like how it was in the eighties and seventies. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that character element is is one of the things that that hurts uh, ROH. Uh, with Adam Cole, you know, he has a character, but not really. You know, he just has, you know, he just puts, you know, two fingers up a piece and say Adam Cole baby and that's really it you know and so uh, it's if if he's going to get cheered bring him in as the baby face you know perhaps he can kind of side with uh, uh, someone like uh, um, perhaps he can side with someone like uh, Roderick Strong or something and maybe turn on him Um, Todd Dillinger is gone now so speaking of Todd Dillinger where in the world has he been? <laughs> but uh if I'm right, he's uh they just announced he's supposed to be wrestling a pre is it is it a pre match? Yeah, pre show backlash against um uh Aiden oh, English. Aiden English, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 Aiden English. Again. And uh he's beat him twice already. So that was that's just weird. But yeah, and it's like you called Ty Dillinger up. He's been waiting all this time, and what happens? He's in the he's on the pre-show already. So that really doesn't really doesn't bode well for some of them other people. Uh, but you know, Adam Cole, you know, right now, and you know, Sanity doesn't really have a big feud. So uh, I think that uh, you know, perhaps Adam Cole. And and Chris here on Roger Strong or something like that could could go against Sanity and yeah. I'm cold. Yeah, they can lose to Sanity. You know, it could be, you know, it, it could be one of those things where uh, somehow they can in, in a six man match. It could be uh, Chris Hero, Roger Strong, uh, and uh, debuting Adam Cole against Sanity, and they can go against each other again at the tapings and then they, you know, somehow Sandy defeats the three and that gives Cole a, a, a way to turn on, you know, both of them. And so there you go. I mean, there's, there's the storyline right there. And I, I think it'll work out re- uh, really well to see Cole there. Uh, hopefully he can really hone on his character a little bit more. Yeah. There's a, 
there's a lot of talk with Sam. Maybe he, maybe he needs that. Um, he just needs that. This he he's uh, he's champion. He's done a lot. Now he's in WWE, so it's kind of like starting off fresh again. I mean, he has the name value, which helps. We may not really need to change but so much, but uh, he has to reintroduce um, kind of reintroduce himself to uh, the WWE universe because certainly there are people who. Uh, don't know who he is. They, they don't watch anything right. outside of WWE. So, Very uh, true. Yep. Very true. <clears throat> Speaking of outside of WWE, New Japan debuts their IWGP United States Championship. They're going to have a tournament um, in, in, in uh, Long Beach. So they're really bringing, you know, the, their craft. You know, they, they've partnered with ROH for a while now partner with NWA for a little bit as well. So they've been, they've had a U.S. presence for, for a few years now, at least. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a while. Um, but, you know, they're actually really marketing themselves more in the, in the American market as far as a distinct um, <clears throat> promotion. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of New Japan, huge fan of New Japan. And uh, the, the belt looks odd. <laughs> it looks weird. It, it looks, Big and yeah, bulky. Yeah, it looks creepy. But, yeah, you know, it's huge. It's yeah. like, this why this belt so big? And it's weird, too, title. because I'm a huge fan of their world title and their Intercontinental Championship. And I like their junior championship as well. And I, I love their belt designs, but this one is, is it's a miss for me. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, they're bringing it to the States, and I think it's a great idea. Jay Lethal, um, Already, you know, uh, put his hat in. Hangman Page, I believe, put his hat in as well. So it should be a very, very good um, tournament. I can see someone like Cody winning. Um, I think it would be good. And I'm looking forward to it. And I really think um, IWGP uh, really um, planting themselves a little bit more in the States is is really going to help them as a company. And, hey, you know, they've been around for, you know, over 40 years now and making more of a presence in the States. They may get some fire under WWE to realize that not everybody on their roster could be, uh, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I think we're, I forgot who we're, I was talking with, uh, probably um, maybe Baron Dax or Eugene or. Uh, yeah. Before that, whoever it was, but we were talking about just uh, having. Uh, oh, it was uh, my. Um, it was the guest uh, co-host, my buddy Travis Taylor. Travis, uh, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about just the NWA when uh, when uh, uh, um, uh, Cor- Corey, know, like, Yeah, when he yeah. bought the NWA, and uh, we were talking about just the, just the competition that it could bring. Uh, to WWE, you know, and just because WWE hasn't had a sense of competition since the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, TNA, you know, went to Mondays for a hiccup. Yeah, you know, ROH, they've never been any competition. Uh, great, you know, I love ROH as far as the in-ring product, but they've never been close to any competition. Uh, Lucha Underground, of course, they're not close as well. So they haven't had that type of competitive edge to them since the Monday Night Wars. So with IWGP, that is very prestigious. 
they may have a competitive edge with them again, and they may have some people who feel a little bit more relieved that IWGP is coming, you know, to the states. Uh, and who knows? They, they, you know, people like Jack Swagger, um, who I've, I've said many times would be phenomenal in, in, in New Japan, uh, and you know, so, some names there now uh, could can possibly be uh, looking uh, for greener pastures. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's, I, I definitely do agree with you on that. Um, this, uh, you, you mentioned about Billy Corgan. Uh, is, uh, I hope it would be competition, but it's figure out, okay, what are you going to do that's different, that uh, anthem of impact uh, with TNA and All H and Lucha Underground and WWE? What are you going to do different from them? Right. So it's better enough for your global force, which I called last year, and you decided, hey, you know, the Jarvis is waiting Ooh. to get back in TNA so we can merge it. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. little global force. Yeah, little, oh, yeah, little yeah. global force, right. Yeah, yeah right. They merge with uh, Impact Wrestling now, so. Yeah, the O. Um, the OWL. <clears throat> so you, it's 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 just, it's just so weird. You know, you got GWF that merged with Impact, and now, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, let me. I, I'm a big fan of giving credit where credit's due. Now, with Impact Wrestling as a product, it's not. It's not as bad as people critique it to be. People are just so big on the fact that uh, Impact Wrestling is kind of like damaged goods, which I totally agree with. With all the legal stuff, with all the people fronting the money, it's just so bad as a product. Um, as far as from a financial standpoint, now Anthem purchasing them, you know, helped them and kind of, kind of refueled them. Um, it's not a bad product. I mean, there's a lot of good talent there. I'm a big fan of Eli Drake. I've had him on my show before. Um, you know, David Richards with his heel turn. I've had him on my show before. You know, Eddie Edwards is a good hand, of course. You know, uh, EC3. I, I've never been sold on EC3. Uh, I, I've never just. He's a real square jaw. Yeah, he's I just he's a real square jaw like the tick. Yeah, I've never just I've never been sold on him. I mean, you know, I think that uh, you know the fans. He's over. He's over. But uh, just I, personally, I've never been sold on him. Uh, of course, James Storm's a vet in the business. He's a great hand. So they have the talent, uh, and it's just you know, but they're bringing in people like Congo Kong and just. It just it just make it seem a little bit more. It just makes it seem a little bush league. I mean, it just really does. I just I I I don't think the product as a whole. I think a lot of people critique the product without really spending time um, <clears throat> watching it every week like I do. Um, yeah. I still have it on my DVR. I still watch the product weekly, and so I think I can make an accurate adjustment based on someone who actually, you know. Watches the product, you know, every week as opposed to say, oh, Impact Wrestling and TNA, you, just, you guys are terrible, and they probably haven't watched the product in six months at least since the Hardys, you know, been there. So, yeah, I think in all fairness, if you're going to critique the product, you know, and spend some time watching it to know what you're critiquing, but I just think from a personal standpoint, I, I just, uh, I, I don't yeah. know what. Impact needs to do. I really don't think it's anything nowadays. Um, it's, just as far it's as teflon. 
It's like yeah. Teflon. Yeah. You think it's dead? It didn't have more than nine lives. It's Teflon. and bounces right. back. It it's funny die. because I said that to Al Snow. I mentioned the whole nine lives thing when I had Al Snow on the show. And he was like, yeah, good. I agree that they're having nine lives because there needs to be some type of competition. But it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like when, there's a difference between having nine lives like a cat and just being like a zombie. You know what I mean? Like, what was that old video game? It was probably about 20 years ago. Um, what was the zombie? What was it called? It was a zombie game. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Resident yes, Evil. yes, that's it. That's it right there. Yeah, I, I was going to say they have the they had the character called the Liquor. Uh, that yeah, was, uh, yeah, the Liquor. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was just kind of like uh, really huge and would like go for your torso, mm-hmm. and, and so like that's how that's how TNA is to me. You know, it's like you'll keep you keep shooting them down. And they'll come back, but they'll still kind of be like they'll be more limp than they were before. You know what I mean? Like it just that that's what impact just seems like to me. I like two more thousand from Terminator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's like uh, I, I like you know, I I'm not the type of person that wants those people from TNA to lose their, their jobs because, you know, that's what they love to do. They're passionate about the business, they love professional wrestling. And they should have a job, but uh, yeah, I just, just you know, I, I'm not. I'm hoping for the best, but I'm that type of guy with when it comes to when it comes to impact that I'm just like, uh, man, you know, I, I just there's really no direction, you know, from a positive standpoint he, uh, with, he, with impact. So. Yes, it it gets me the right direction. It's the talent is good because most of the talent right. that was uh, a part of, uh, gen, you know, the original generation or the alumni is now WWE and went on to do big work in Japan. This is the direction. This is the money flow. Jared, right. Jared helped out. And it was, you know, the original infusion of Jared and Dutchie and, and Terry Taylor and, and Russo and then people complained about that. They left, and it was Hogan and friends and Bischoff, and they complained about that. And then Dixie Carter came in. Oh, it's going to be great. Then they complained about that. And now Billy Corgan came in. They complained about that. No matter what they've done, at least, you know, some strides and some highs and lows still have been able to go over their hump. Yeah. And it just goes so to show, you to, like, you, like you said, just that, that revolving door of leadership. You know, this, it's inconsistent. Now you have the OWL of Anthem running things. And <laughs> the Iowa Anthem, totally known as Impact. <laughs> oh, that's well. Across the line. Oh, that's well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, real quick. Uh, Big Cass revealed. I thought it was a very interesting story. I wrote this on the Inquisitor. Big Cass uh, on the, the recent episode 24 he revealed that he was nearly fired from WWE, and he actually had someone backstage. One of the agents tell him that uh, the only reason why he's still there is that he's seven uh, seven feet tall. So, you know, that's it's that's not really motivating to me. Because, uh, but at the same time, you know, thank God that uh, uh, Big Cass was able to uh, really bounce back and, and, and get in a really good position. But uh, just keeping someone for their height definitely does not sound like 
it just does not seem like a surprise to me at all. Yeah, it does. Clarify for that. Sorry, I had to hit the mute button. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's just, and, and I always say this: Big Cass, I like him. Always, always make sure he is on cast to kind of New Age Outlaws, Road Dog had the mouth, big, uh, which Enzo has, uh, Enzo in the ring is whatever. <laughs> But Rodell could work, you know. This is Rodell could work. He just didn't have to work because he right. was the talking got him over. Billy Gunn was more the workhorse in the ring. Didn't really talk much. And that's how Big Cass is. And I, I like Big Cass. He, you know, he talks a little weird, but uh, that's maybe it's the New York, New Jersey thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just have a big. I, I just have my own, my own piece of uh, of big men when, when you're. Past six, seven, sixteen. When you're a big man, you have to do these same generic moves: choke slam, big boot, power bomb, power slam. It's like, come on, like can we do other moves? Uh, now, don't do no hip tosses, you know, you know, arm drags like Ricky Steamboat. But you, you know, use a different move. Just get you over seven feet tall, and you got to do a big boot. You got to yeah. do a choke slam, you know. And I like big cast. I think in the ring he's a lot better than Enzo, but um. You know, hopefully reaching over the hump. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get into this uh, indie wrestling war. Um, so last week uh, we didn't get to cover this, but last week JBL he ripped indie wrestling um, on the uh, episode of uh, Bring It to the Table, and uh, so Rip Rogers. I mean, he he said that you know he people should have more. Well, JBL said people should have more opportunities, but. Uh, you know, you can't wear a medal if you say you've been wrestling for 15 years and you never stepped to the big league. So that was his that was his angle. Rip Rogers sent this long tweet. <laughs> Rip Rogers, he you've had him on your show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's my man, Rippy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have So he starts off. With the tweet talking about, I mean, he, you know, he's he's 63 years old. He's old school, you know. And I love the traditional wrestling type of feel that Rip Rogers just really keeps, and he, he's he's real adamant about that. He's just a big fan of old school, just the old school feel, not necessarily just the you know three minute headlocks, but just that kayfabe, just that character driven feel to it. And I, and I and I respect and I agree with it. So, right. you know, he, 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 you know, tweets a lot as far as just elements that, you know, the, the wrestling business has lost, um, the wrestling business have lost it, you know, within just the, the evolution of, of, of just this indie wrestling craze. So, uh, like I explained during the interview with, uh, with Simon Dean, you, you had Bully Ray, you had Randy Orton, you had Real Osprey, you had Ricochet and, even CM Punk uh, saying something about uh, re- reacting to Ricochet's uh, tweet. So, you know, indie wrestling. And uh, I, I've mentioned indie wrestling for the second time. I'm not going to say too much about it, but I, there, was, there was a big controversy a year ago. Um, I think it was May of last year. That big old uh, uh, match between Will Ospreay and Ricochet 
that got a whole lot of talk. I mean, I watched it. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a, yeah. yeah, it was a great match just from an uh, artistic com- in-ring yeah. competitive standpoint. But here's, here's what I, yeah, here's what I always say. This is this is my angle here. Um, I don't think, and 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 you know, Simon Dean, Mike Bucci said this, and I agree with him totally. You know, you can't. If I'm going to a show and I see the same type of match, you know, from from start to end, I'm not intrigued. I can't tell what the main event is. Like the the main event should always be uh, distinguished from the rest of the card. No matter what sport it is, you know that if it's Ronda Rousey, you know, versus Misha Tate, or Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm, or Amanda Nunez, you know that this is going to be the biggest attraction of the night. When it was Brock Lesnar against Mark Hunt. This is it. This is the big attraction for tonight. And the undercard, yeah, the undercard should always be to get people excited about Excited, the, right. Always. Get it loaded up. So, exactly. So if you want to throw in the Osprey-Ricochet match within that card, that see, if, it, if it's within the card before the main event, and I watch a match like Ricochet and Osprey, I'm getting even more excited about the main event because I'm because I'm excited about the show and it's pumping up the main event. Now the main event should already have its own no, type of show. You yeah. know what I mean? The main event yeah. sells the tickets, right? Exactly. Yeah, tickets. Exactly. It should already it should already have its own type of feel to it, like you know that's separate from everything. Like when it was Hogan Andre, we wanted to see the undercard, but Hogan Andre was just separate from everything else. It was like Hogan Andre is the marquee match, the the, the angle, the story, everything. We wanted to see it culminate at WrestleMania three. Now all the undercard matches were important as well, especially with you know Savage and Steamboat. They had a really good story going into there as well, but at the same time. All of that should excite the audience for the main event. Nowadays, there's not a there's not a big distinct distinction. I mean, you'll have like this Rollins versus Owens at the end of Which the, easily the card. Easily yeah, in like the second hour. Yeah, and it's it's like a, it's it's like you'll have Rollins versus Owens at the end of the card, but at the same time you'll have uh, like. You know, Ziggler versus versus Sami Zayn. Uh, you know, within the middle of the card, and the two matches look eerily similar. I mean, they're almost exactly from the same book. You know, and there's no distinction between those two matches. Problem that I see nowadays with professional wrestling, because there's nothing distinct. There's nothing distinct from the main event and the mid card. Yeah, it's true. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, you made the point. Think about it. You see Rollins against Owens, the main event. Well, they easily could have started off the show. And then you have Zane, uh, you know, Zane against AJ Styles. I know I'm mixing brands, but you get what I mean, the Kalisto, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, 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 as we saw, you know, Finn against Roman. Uh, you watch the Roman, you have Finn against Roman, you have Rollins against uh, KO. Well, I'm sorry, Rollins against uh, Murray Wyatt. 
mm-hmm. easily range Balor easily could have made a minute wrong. The oh, matches yeah. easily could have swapped. Both matches is good, and like you said, the main the matches now doesn't have that unless it's a Brock Goldberg and people can crap on that all you want. But unless it's a Brock Goldberg, if it was Reigns Taker, like Starkey ninety seven, Hogan and Sting was it. You mm-hmm. just knew that was it. It wasn't you know, uh, Hogan and Warrior, that was it. You know, Flair and Steamboat. And like you said, the, the main event matches, you know, Cena uh it's Cena Jibble, but you get what I mean. Cena Triple H <laughs> yeah. or Cena Cena He's Michaels Brock. or Yes, yes, Cena Brock. You you knew that match was the main event. It was going it wasn't going on any you couldn't swap it on any other part of the card because if you put it in the middle of the card after that match, everybody was going home. Yeah. But now you have the 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 type of workers that we have and everybody's smaller and everybody's faster. It's like like you said, you can eat that that's the good point is to swap. It's like you know, yeah. it's like, well, well, uh, you know, Mike Reigns and Owens could, uh, you know, could main event, but then, uh, <laughs> Balor, Stoker, Balor, um, you know, Balor and Bray. Yeah. Or any, or, or... Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the problem they have with the characters. I mean, any any match on Raw and SmackDown, like we saw it on SmackDown, and we'll, I mean, basically, we'll just mend the review with, with, with this conversation. We saw it on SmackDown. AJ and Gender could have main evented you know, in place of Orton and, and Corbin, you know, and it's like there's, and it's sad too, because I really, really like Baron Corbin. They have a lot in Baron, Cor- Baron Corbin, but they're just sabotaging, you know, his character as far as a booking standpoint, because he has the ability to be one of the top heels on the brand, but it's like their character isn't distinguished enough at all that, they can interchange, you know, like there's, there's like, there's no way that you can put the rock at in the middle of the card. You know, there's, there's no way, you know, that you can put Austin in the middle of the card unless there's, you know, some other match, you know, you know, you know, and it's like the attitude era had enough larger life characters to, even though Austin was in the middle of of the, of the card, there was someone still huge, you know, like the Rock or Mankind or Taker or something like that. But nowadays, they don't have those type of characters. That they don't have anyone to, yeah, right. yeah, anyone you know. can swap. You know what I mean? So that's that. There's not someone at the end. There's not someone who's so big that this is the main event spot. This is you know this person is going to main event. And you know, and it's going to make and is distinct distinguished from the rest of the people. You got to think. You mentioned Austin. When wasn't Austin main event in WrestleMania? Right. When uh, one of the few people when Austin right. was main event in WrestleMania it was Hogan. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, Austin had to fight Hall. You had Hogan and The Rock. Mm-hmm. We had Triple H and Jericho. You know, the year before that also last match, you had Hogan and Vince, yep. Brock and Hangman. So, yeah. it, you know, it's kind of the same thing of, like you said, it is when you have the attitude are, even the are pretty, WCW and WWE, you never keep forgetting about WCW, the attitude are, the attitude are right. WCW had big names too. Yeah. There's a certain amount of people, Hogan, Savage, Flair, Sting, Goldberg, 
you know, Nash, I got to add Sid, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, in WWF, you had, whole, you know, Rock, Austin, Triple H, Taker, Mankind. Those names were nothing but main events. Mm-hmm. No one else was going to main event but them. Yep, absolutely. Real quick, uh, what's your what's your take on uh, Goldust turning heel? Oh, so much of a so much of a waste of time, yeah. and, and it's not. It's just, no one cares, and it, it's no. not Goldie Salt. And, and Dustin's a good guy. Always love talking to Dustin, and and you know our truth Ron Kellis, who has to be almost pushing fifty, which he looks you know still doing well. No one cared. I, I, as I told you off air. I just got in my house, and, you know, first thing I saw was Finn and Reigns. Yeah. I put my phone, you know, I, I looked up. Next thing I see is Gold Dust, Molly Rock, and all. She's like, what in the world? Yeah. And nobody reacted. Yeah. Said, okay. And it's not Gold There's Dust. There's a few marks that said, thank you, Gold Dust, but that was that was really it. it it's, and he did it because it was so quiet, and then you that chant would get over, and it's yeah. not Gold Dust's fault at all. It's not all true. It's mainly because... When was the last time we seen the Golden Truth? If they were on TV on a regular basis, if they actually invested time and they was actually putting them over or actually investing time and storyline in them like he did Gold Dust and Booker T, um, you know, Gold Dust and, and, you know, his other tag team partners, then, okay, we cared. We cared about Owens and Jericho while he was on TV every week. They actually built that up. We cared, mm-hmm. you know, Gold Dust and Booker T. Or when, when Kane and RVD broke up, it made sense because he was on TV every week. Goldust and, and All Truth was on TV for two weeks. They disappeared for like two, three months. Then he popped up again. They disappeared for two weeks. Then he popped up again for three straight weeks. And now it's a turn. No one cared because they, they had no time to invest in it. It was like, yeah. okay, so what? Yeah, I don't this, understand this why. Reminds me, this reminds me of the when the primetime players split. You know, it was like. Oh, they did have it. Uh, okay, you know, it was just like there was there was really nothing with it. You know, like first of all, people were thinking like, okay, this is stupid because the tag team, the, the tag team division needs tag teams. <clears throat> so when they split up, they feuded. No one cared about the feud, and then eventually they got back together, split up again, and they feuded again, and no one cared about that either. So it's like. No, the only solace in this to me is that you know our truth could have could you know they could pro- they'll probably they'll probably you know drag this over to extreme rules you know and they're, they're, they're trying because with these rosters you know they're just trying to fill spots you know they're just really yeah. trying to, you have to stretch the Raw and SmackDown brands separately for three hours a piece. So it's like yeah. so it's like we're we have we're really grasping for straws of how to put this you know this this card. So let let's just have the golden truth break up. Put them in some type of extreme rules, you know, extreme match of some of some sort. Bring back the uh um the street fight that he had with Piper, you know. Uh, so like, just some type, of, some type of match that that'll be a gimmick match. It's, I mean, it really. There's no payoff though. You know, whether our truth or Goldust wins, there's still no payoff because neither one of them 
are going to move up the card because they beat the other person. Neither one of them are going to do that. So it's it's sad. It, it's you know it's it's one of those things that I rather for them to say the golden truth and kind of win a couple of tag team matches than to really break off and at least they had something with the golden truth. At least there was a gimmick with that. But now since they're separate, both of them as singles wrestlers right now are just going to be on main event every week again. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so this is uh, this is going to be fun. We are going to talk this week about the top five worst factions since the, the uh, 2000. So uh, what is your number five? VKM, Voodoo Kim Mafia. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the uh, New Age Outlaws. And, New Age Outlaws. Yeah, and our truth, yeah. Uh, well, Ron, the truth killings. But yeah, VKM, that's a, that's a good one. Um. Social outcast for me, number five. Uh, I just, it, I, it, the writing was on the wall uh, for me. Yeah. As far as is when they, when they put them together, they were just, they were out, they, they, they were just outcasts, you know, and basically what what happened was. They they just did, they just did a, a terrible job with even making them relevant, you know. So sadly, but uh it, it's certainly one of those things that uh just really didn't work out. So uh that's unfortunately. But yeah, it was just the Voodoo Mafia was just uh Road Dog and, and, and Kip James. Uh well actually oh, they gosh. were they they were uh what uh, the the what was their name? They were well B G James. B G James, and, yeah. 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 <laughs> and and uh, uh, the outlaw, uh, outlaw. Yeah, it's Kip. His real name is like Kip Sop or something like that. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, just terrible. But all right. So, what is your number four? Uh, number four. Get ready for this. The band. Uh, the music was so bad. Uh, it was like NWO. That was like NWO. That was less than Hollywood stable. Like that made Virgil, Horse Hogan. Shout out to Steve Ray, my man. That made them seem like Team A. It just was Nash and Hall, Axe Pac, and it was like come with the Didn't music. Didn't they put Eric Young Hall. in there too? Eric, yes, Eric Young was in it. Well, like, was so like weird. This? Was he like the disco version, the fifth disco version? Trying to get to the Wolfpack, or to go there, trying to get to the NWO, and, and uh, is this was, oh man, yeah, yeah. that was the that band. was really bad. Uh, number four for me was the Menagerie. 
uh, TNA since we want to stay in TNA. Oh wow! Um, okay. Yeah, the Menagerie. That that gimmick was just terrible. Nux and Rebel and and uh, Crazy Steve and they had uh, Rob Terry just be some type of you know circus freak. And that was a that was a terrible terrible faction. Just nothing with it. Uh, that's really it. I mean, just they came out and had some type of circus theme, and that was it. So there was no direction with them. Number three. Uh, you ready for this one? X Factor. Yes, they were terrible. Uh, just incredible. X Pac Albert. Yeah, they, they uncle. First of all, what happened to Uncle Cracker? Then they, they tried to use it as a, as a publicity stunt because after I believe Justin Credible got injured, um, and I'm not sure what happened to Albert. So I think that's kind of yeah. when he got too long, uh, got released, and he started booming in Japan. They started using them to uh, what's that? YJ YJ Stinger with the beat the energy drink. <laughs> they tried to use them to kind of promote it, but that's not yeah. working. No one drinks stores anymore. If it's not Red Bull, if it's not Kickstart, if it's not Monster, uh, or, or was it Rip It? We're not doing that. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, number number three for me was the Allied People Powered by Loathing Everything You Stand For. It was a one-night uh, faction what? of Apple, which was uh, led by Santino which included Evan Bourne, Daniel Bryan, and Mark Henry. And they were a stable for one oh, night. <laughs> yeah. Love you, you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were feuding with the core, and uh, uh, it was just in 2011. That was it. So, and it was just a one-night stable, and it was terrible. And it's when Mark Henry was wearing those, that red singlet that just... Oh, gosh, the ring of shit, the red singlet. <laughs> Hated that. It, it, it exposed every part of his body that me as uh, a uh, just did uh, not want to see at all. So yeah, the red Mark, singlet, red singlet, Mark Henry was the words. Mark Henry. Yeah. As uh, Tony right. calls him, Mark Henry. <laughs> right. Mock. They would call you would call him Mock. 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 Mock Henry. So who was your uh, number two? Get ready for this one. I know you're gonna pop for this. Planet Jared. <laughs> I actually like Planet Jared, kind of. Yeah, I think first, they. Was... First of all, the, the Bullet Club is gonna be on this list, and I don't know why uh, NWO isn't on the list of. You know your section is big, but there's a hyperlink on on Wikipedia or other websites yes. that says click see members, to see list yeah. of members. <laughs> I see list of members, yeah. Yeah, I see list of members. Planet Giant was uh, Giant Abyss with James Mitchell, Marcus Most Wanted, Chris Harris, James Stone, Monty Brown, Team Canada, Petey Williams, A1. I forgot what he won. A1, uh, Eric Young, Joey Devine, Bobby Bird, Rukos Moore, Kip James, Gil Kemp, Ellie Shelley, Jackie Gay, this guy, Simon oh, wow. Lake, this guy. Was so, it? Uh, oh, my goodness. It was yeah. that many people? Oh, yeah, wow. it was. I think the Bullet Club has already tripled um, that list by now. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right, so... Go ahead. 
All right, so let's get to uh, your number. My number two was Harlem Heat 2000. Oh. <laughs> With Big T. Uh, Big T. Oh, <laughs> Big T. Yeah. Wait, wait, oh. wait. Please, please don't. Please don't remind me that Swole was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Sure was. Uh, and and, and like. Ahmed Johnson, well, Big T, he went against Big T. He, he went against Booker for the rights of the team. Yes, I remember that. That was on, that was on uh, Nitro. Yeah. Did we go and reach for this? Or we still reach off? Yeah. Howdy, I'm a match fighting for initial. That seemed like that was a Russo thing, for sure. Yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, what is your number one drum roll? Here we go. Vince's Devils. Yes. Yeah, that's, that was terrible. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> the, the females, right? The females, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Even worse than Special K. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad, too. This is Devils was, and, and I would say PMS, but your ruling was post-2001. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. All right, here's my number one. A terrible ripoff of the Nexus, which is actually really good. Oh Nexus man, good. the core. The core was was terrible, absolutely terrible. Then they had like All a right. then they had like a Power Ranger like Morpher or something that they changed on. <laughs> yeah. What was that thing? When did it open yeah. up? Yeah, it was it was terrible. <clears throat> it was just all all bad. Wasn't right, that Wade Barrett? Wasn't Wade Barrett's version? Wade Barrett. Um. And then they had uh, Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah, Ezekiel Jackson, uh, uh, PJ Black, uh, whatever his name. I forgot his name. Uh, uh, Justin uh, Gabriel. Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater. Yeah. All right. Real quick, backlash. We got a few minutes left. Uh, who you got for uh, Ty Dillinger and Aiden English? Aiden English, because Ty Dillinger can never win. So Dillinger's beat him. Twice. Yeah, I think I got Aiden English as well. They're just throwing matches here. Now they got Harper and Rowan. I mean, oh, Rowan beat him clean. But real quick, for the sake of time, who you got, Harper or Rowan? Give it up, please. Yeah, I got Harper uh, this time as well. <laughs> Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin. Uh, that'd be Baron Corbin. Zayn Zane, Zane's kind of like a. Uh, he doesn't want to lie. This good match is going to lose Welcoming committee against uh, Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch. Hmm. Charlotte. Uh, I got the ladies winning as well. Um, the, the baby face ladies. Uh, Kevin Owens uh, against AJ Styles. Uh, Owens. Owens as well. Uh, yeah. really AJ become a random. Uh, it was the, the week after Mania with Shane. Mania, uh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brizongo and the Usos, who, who just have terrible interviews nowadays. I just want to say the Usos. I, 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 no they, they're, they're funny, weird, 
uh, uh, promo he did last week about 12 days. And weird. this week. Kinda, yeah, this week was yeah. terrible, too. It was going to be a table now. So it's going to be a table now. Yeah. Alright, so uh who you got? The U- Usos? Usos, yeah. Give it Usos, yeah, absolutely. Um uh, uh, WWE championship match. Uh, let's go Shinsuke Dolph Ziggler. Who you got? Wow, uh Siske. I mean, how do you want Siske leaving his debut? Exactly. If he wants yes, SmackDown. Siske. Siske. And then WWE Championship, Orton and Jinder Mahal. Ooh, excuse me. Randy Orton. He will be able to overcome Ginger's kids and the Ginger G's. <laughs> uh, yeah, I say Orton, too. That one is so boring. Yeah, I think gender is just filler right now. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, real quick, uh, fifteen seconds let the listeners know who you had on your show today, where to find that information, and uh, where to find you on Twitter. Hey, back to listen to Under the Man Radio or Vlogs on Radio Backstage Under the Man Radio. We had Ring of Honor star, the Japan star, Bobby Fish, and we also had currently Shining Ground star and TV actor. Martin Marcy Demar's Casus. Uh, we said about awesome. We got Friday at 12:30 p.m. Eastern Time. We have Justin Robinson on the radio. Please check us out. Nice action-packed lineup <laughs> for Under the Mat. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Pancakes of Power Sam Show, episode 268. Special thanks to Simon Dean for being on the show tonight. Of course, weekly interviews. Check out information for next week until next week ladies and gentlemen enjoy backlash i hope that it's better than what i'm expecting <laughs> and uh we'll we'll see uh how that goes but god bless you all enjoy your week of wrestling and we are out chris featherstone thank you